Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I hope that you guys had a fantastic Halloween. I know I did. I am your host of the DTP. I am Colton G, and today on the show, we are joined by Emily of Bad Buddy as we take you behind their self-titled debut album. Yeah, we're going behind the music with Emily of a Bad Buddy today. How the band came together, all of those fun details. Of course, most of the members of this group were sort of playing in the uh, folk music scene before Bad Buddy. So how did all of them end up coming together? How did the band get formed? And what was it like? What were the first jams like? What was it like playing some of the first shows, transitioning into this new style, this punk rock, this alt-rock sound that the members of Bad Buddy now see themselves playing? We're gonna dive into the recording process of this self-titled debut album as well. We're gonna take some time to shine a light on some of the tracks, some of the singles, like Simultaneously, like Hunters, and we're going to be playing both of those tracks for you today on the show as well, so don't you fret. We're also going to be diving into the Bad Buddy video game, which you can find on their website. It's super challenging, actually. It's very fun. We're going to dive into what inspired the creation of this game, and Emily is actually the person who crafted the game. So how challenging was that for her to do? All of these things. We're going to have a whole lot of fun here today. And when we dive into all of this and more with Emily of Bad Buddy. And it is all brought to you today by Desert Tiger Merch. Because that's where you go to grab yourself something from the show to represent us everywhere you go. And show us some love over at DesertTigerMerch.com. You might want to hurry on over because we've been selling out of smalls. I've warned you that we're getting super low on toques. So if you want something for the holiday season, I can't guarantee that I'm gonna get reorders in time to get it shipped to you, unfortunately. So you might wanna move on that, yeah. All right, Am, it is time to set the vibe for this conversation with Bad Buddy, with Emily, and the perfect way to do it is with one of the tracks off of their debut self-titled album, This Is. Hunters. Hunt. 
Emily from Bad Buddy. Yes, it is. Hello, Emily. This is Colton from the Desert Tiger Podcast. Hi, how you doing? I am fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Mm, Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're connecting today to talk a little bit about the band, your guys's... uh, self-titled debut album and your single hunters yeah awesome awesome are you ready to jump into it or do you need a moment do you have any questions i think i'm just ready to jump into it okay awesome awesome always good to ask always good to ask yeah i've got a cup of coffee i'm like what else do i need oof well i mean hey you got the caffeine that's that's a good start (laughs) Mm mm-hmm all right, all right. So, I mean, a very good place to start is always the beginning, and then uh, going through some research, I found that you guys were all sort of doing the folk thing before Bad Buddies, so how do you all end up going from the world of folk, which at one point was very, very strong in Western Canada, into this new group? Well, it just... From my perspective, when I was playing music, I was playing uh, in like solo music on stage, and uh, I really thought that if you were a solo performer, like especially a female solo performer, I just was like, I guess you have to play acoustic guitar, and when you play acoustic guitar, like I guess you have to play folk music, which was so forced from my perspective. I just it was not music that I listen to it's not music i was uh inspired by um as far as the vitches go andy and alex they grew up playing country music they were in uh like family bands growing up like the plain janes and the vitches sisters and it was uh inherent in their nature and alex was writing a lot of great tunes for her project vicia and i had heard she wanted to make a new record and i have a home studio i'm a sound engineer and I went up to her in a bar and I said, I, I want to record your record. We should do that together. Do that with me. And she thought about it and she came and recorded here. And while we were recording here, we just kind of got this idea to start a band. And we had no idea what it was going to be like. And we showed up together on that first rehearsal and uh, just kind of played what came out. And Hunters was that first song. And it, uh, it kind of shaped itself from there. Okay, wow. So after years of sort of playing music that wasn't true to your heart, what was it like to finally craft that first song for you? It was so 
freeing. It was like absolutely exhilarating. We're all laughing a lot. A big part of this band was uh, trying to get back to remembering why we play music because it's so easy to get lost in the business end of things and you're thinking about money and you're thinking about taxes and you're writing a ton of emails and 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 the work and the promo behind it we were kind of just like remember when it was just fun like you just played music because you just wanted to play music and uh so all of us we took up instruments we are unfamiliar with i like i said just played acoustic guitar andy our other guitar player had just played uh, mandolin a little bit of acoustic and alex was a guitar player who picked up the bass and our original drummer jamie had played piano and picked up the drums so it was really new it was really challenging in a fun way and we were just excited to see that we were so capable and uh it just it came out so smoothly so naturally it was just all of us learning at the same time and having a really wonderful time while doing it wow that's incredible considering that not only are you guys stepping into new boundaries in terms of genre but also new instruments that's incredible (laughs) it was a it was a wild ride (laughs) I can only imagine. So you guys end up putting out a tape in 2017, a year into being a full band, the Sneaky Peaky. So uh, was that all songs that are comprised of what has gone on to this uh, new album? And what songs were those? Yeah, the Sneaky Peaky had one song that wasn't on the album. The Sneaky Peaky was so sweet and hunters, and we do a Leslie Gore tune called You Don't Own Me, and that was on there. And uh, we really cranked out the recordings, like, quickly, as quickly as we could, because we were just so surprised that we were playing a music festival within a year, like, not even a year of being a band together. We were playing at Sled Island, so we were like, well, we should probably have something to sell so we really whipped those up quickly. And it was we actually recorded the entire album, um, or at least all the songs we had at the time, and we just chose three to make a little EP. And then we ended up re-recording the album like two or three times just to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no worries. Sometimes things change and somebody else brings something else to the table. Yeah, and we just, we just got so much better. Like our growth as players was exponential from the beginning because we we all worked really hard at it as uh as much as we talked about how much fun we wanted it to be we also realized like it's really not fun if it sucks so we were like we had to be good we didn't want to be a lot of a lot of people were looking at us when we started as like wow they're like so good for a bunch of girls like that's the me thing like good job girl power and we're like no that's not what, we don't want to be good for girls we are a good band like don't call us a pick man exactly no i hate when people do that um metal i grew up a very big metal fan and when people say oh female fronted i always like give them a side eye or it's like say what now (laughs) right and i actually say that in promo emails because i think it's just like so buzzwordy but and people kind of want to see they're like oh my god look at these women i can't believe they're doing this and their boobs aren't getting in the way it's just like (laughs) come on man let's just have a band we're just a band (laughs) (laughs) no doubt a damn good one at that especially if you guys are playing sled island within your first year yeah it was uh we laughed about it we on our first rehearsal we made this song we made hunters 
We actually brought Hunters and am I allowed to swear on this podcast? It's the name of a song. Go right ahead. Okay, sweet. So we made Hunters and Don't Fuck Around. And uh, it was funny because I brought the songs to the band and I was like, okay, I prepared these two songs. And everyone was like, let's hear them. And uh, I played Don't Fuck Around first. And everybody, like, they did that thing where everyone makes eye contact with everybody. And then there was, like, a silence. And they said, oh, well, let's hear the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain that vision. But, yeah, Don't Fuck Around was, like, I don't know, it's just, like, campy. And then Hunters turned out to be this very, you know, dark and moody tune that they were surprised that these were the two songs that came at the same time. And we finished that rehearsal and we were just, like, fuck, man, this is going to be so hip. People are going to love this shit because we were so into it. And uh, we're like, Sled Island, here we come. <laughs> and then it happened. And it, uh, it, we just laughed and, like, screamed and jumped around in the living room when we found out. Oh, I can only imagine. So coming from, like you said, the folk background, the country background, playing piano, having to go on something like said island to have people saying that you guys are a good band live you must have quite the live show what was it like to transition into this much more energetic pace i would imagine yeah it was really interesting because i remember when we were on stage it felt electrifying for us i mean performing the rest of the band doesn't feel this way, um, but I have wicked performance anxiety. Even in rehearsal, I'm being like, okay, I've got these songs. They were like, okay, why don't you play them for us? It's like I'm I am quivering. I find singing in front of people to be like one of my biggest fears. It's like absolutely terrifying. So while we were up on stage, all of us were buzzing, but then we watched some, some footage. Like people would just shoot us and put it on Instagram. We're like, man, it doesn't look like we're doing anything. Like we're all just standing there. And it's tough because there's a lot of words and we're singing a lot and a lot of three parts. So you can't really sprint around the stage. But we made a conscious effort where we were like, when we were playing a show, we want it to be a show. We want there to be a reason for people to come and see us. And we, uh, we really practiced moving around and jumping around and, and uh, throwing our bodies around that stage as best as we can. And we just want it to be a spectacle every time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the crowd feeds off you and you feed off the crowd, so give them what they need. Right? Why not? <laughs> exactly. And I mean, performance anxiety, sometimes it just means that deep down you care. I think that's uh, it's true. I, one time I was playing a show when I was doing the solo-y, folky stuff, and I was so anxious. Like, I'll wake up the day of a show and be like, I'm sick. Like, my stomach is turning. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And uh, I was so nervous. It was in Vancouver. And I was staying with a friend. And she was like, would you like to try my anti-anxiety medication? <laughs> and it's like a beta blocker. That's what she called it. I don't really know what that means. But the way that I, it was explained to me is that it kind of stops your body from being able to pick up on your anxiety, like, hormone or whatever is firing to make you freak out. And I took it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I am so calm. And then I went and played a show and I was like, oh, it's like I don't care. Like I'm, I'm bored of me. Like it, I, was, I chose to be anxious from that point on. I was like, no, this is adding to my experience and the audience's experience for sure. Mm-hmm. 
It's like that is sometimes all that energy building up is just so you can release it later on. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> so you mentioned that you re-recorded the tracks a few different times. Were you continuing to be the audio engineer through this process, or did you guys record with somebody else as well? No, we did it all uh, at my home studio. It was all recorded in my living room. We recorded the whole album once, and then we were all like, oh my god, we are so much better at these instruments. Let's do it again. And then we did it a second time. And we had more songs to add. I think that was a big part of it. And then we uh, ended up actually getting a new drummer, and that elevated our sound even more. And... uh it was impossible not to have the album have Jeffrey on it. He's just he's just too good. He brings so much to the table. So we did it again, and uh, that's the final draft. Hey, and then he gets to feel like he's included. So how did Jeffrey end up getting involved with the project? Jeffrey got involved because we all, like I said, we're just progressing at our instruments at such a steady pace. And uh, our drummer, Jamie, just wasn't we just kind of surpassed where she was at and she was like kind of not feeling it and we were kind of not feeling it so she uh moved on to bigger and better things and we had some auditions and we had auditions at the house and we actually ended up hiring uh originally holly greaves from wares and she came and it was great but she was going on tour and uh she was going on a wares tour and we booked a couple shows right around this time of year, actually, about <clears throat> three years ago. And she wrote being like, tour has been extended, so I can't be back for those shows. And suddenly Alex and Andy and I found ourselves trapped where we had two shows coming up and no drummer, and we felt so hooped. And I recalled that Jeff had said to me, he'd been to, like, all of our shows. <clears throat> he was really... a uh, he was a huge fan, um, which is funny to think about. And he had said, if you ever need a sub, like a substitute drummer, please let me know. And I remember like rolling my eyes and being like, okay, thanks. But like, we're never just going to book a show without the whole band here. <laughs> so I'm glad I remembered that. And I called him and I said, Jeffrey, do you still want to fill in? And he was just supposed to be a sub. And he, I remember him going, oh, I would be honored. And he was so excited. And he came and rehearsed with us. And that first rehearsal with him, we were all laughing so hard because it was so good. It was like the sound that we had always collectively heard. And we were like, this is it. Like, this is the drummer. He's the guy. He brought all of his good ideas. He'd been listening to the tunes. This is like, he just wanted to be in this project so bad. And so he fills in for the two gigs and... We just knew we couldn't go back, and so we actually had him over, and the three of us proposed to him, and we said, will you please marry our band? And he said, oh, my God, I thought you'd never ask. And uh, <laughs> the rest was history. And the rest was history. A beautiful relationship was born from that day forward. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's dive a little bit into some of the tracks off the album here. Let's start off with Hunters, of course, being one of the ones we've already spoken about, being the one that is back on those college campus radio stations. So this is one of the songs you first brought to the band. What does Hunters mean to you, Emily? Hunters, it's funny. I get this question a lot, which is interesting, or not surprising, I should say. But 
I think that it's it's from the heart for sure. It's obviously like this sort of uh, nostalgic feeling for something that this modern day society has never had. Being like, you know, simpler times, if you will, to simplify it. And it's it's pretty uh, cut and dry, what like lyrically what it's about. But to me, it kind of it just came out of nowhere. I write most of my songs in the car. That's just how I write. That's something about driving and having my physical body be distracted. I often, I just, I just start singing and then songs just come out, melody and words at the same time. And so I was driving around one day and I just, Hunter's like just came out of my face. And it was not like I was this thing that I was stewing about. Like the whole song came out. I wrote it in probably as long as it takes to listen to it. And uh, it just was, it was different and it, I, it connected with me on a, on a mood level, on an emotional level in the way that it was just like, okay, now this is, this is good. This is different. This is not a folk tune, <laughs> you know, this is uh, something that I think that this band, whatever it's going to be, can work with. And I'd never started a band from scratch. I don't like, I've just never been in on the ground floor where you show up to a rehearsal and it's like, okay, we have no songs. So I didn't know, what that first rehearsal was going to be like, I was thinking to myself, is everybody going to show up with a bunch of music? Like, I should have music. I, sh- I got to show up with tunes. So I'm not the only one who doesn't show up with music. And I showed up and I was like, so I wrote two songs and everyone looked at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it resonated with all of us. I think it was just something that, like, sonically we really connected to. And I, I believe in the words, but this is one of the songs to me that's, I'm as emotionally connected to it lyrically as I am to it sonically and shaping that and how it, how it kickstarted this band's um, life together.
Desert Tiger Podcast. So let's talk about the other single that you dropped off of the album in June 19th here in 2020 simultaneously. Yes. This one is a wild tune. It's one of those songs, like many of the songs on the album, like many of my songs in general and other projects, it's, uh, it's one of those songs that sounds super happy and it's got a ton of pep, but it's probably one of the darkest songs uh, on the album. And it was coming from a time where I was horribly, horribly depressed. Uh, I was in a, I was actually, I was getting divorced. I was married and I was getting divorced and uh, getting out of this relationship that wasn't doing anything for me and just everything in my life was really bringing me down. And, but I also had these wonderful elements in my life that were everything that I was holding onto and they were beautiful and exciting. Like the band was awesome. And the idea of having a new start uh, out of my relationship was, was thrilling, but like seeing, you know, my, ex-husband's heartbreaking and my own heartbreaking was devastating. So I was feeling amazing. And I also was like, I want to kill myself at the same time. And it was just, it was a really, really interesting feeling. Uh, But it was those two things. And it's just, that's the whole tune. If you listen to it being like, everything sucks, but everything like life is good. And it also is just terrible you know and it is both it's not neither (laughs) and it's not one or the other and at the same time it's you both can be wonderful people but maybe time has moved you guys apart and yes it is difficult to move apart but maybe in the long run it's better for all parties involved oh absolutely and it was just like it was written at a moment where there's a line in it about a tuna can the art is a tuna can and that was like the biggest thing for me, I remember washing dishes and like looking at this tuna can on the counter and thinking like, man, if I just cut myself like really bad, then I could go to the hospital and then I don't have to be here. And it was like, that was a moment my life changed just looking at that tuna can because I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's fucked up. That's a terrible thought. Like, what am I thinking about? I've just been fantasizing about walking into traffic for like a long time. And, uh, I made that choice to, you know, live kind of um, then because I was like, I'm not going to kill myself. I don't want that deep down. So since I'm not going to kill myself, I need to make a change. What do I need to do? And, uh, you know, my whole life changed from that moment. It was a really pivotal moment in my life when that song was written. Wow. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) And I'm very, very glad. No, that's like, it's heavy. But like, I'm sure that will definitely hit home with a lot of people. Yeah. And I try not to. It's funny, because like, I just don't want to. The thing about this band, and it's it's just me here. I remember being like, should we get the whole group out here? It is hard to do an over the phone interview with like, three or four people, but this band Mm -hmm. is a collective. Like I I really want to hit that home that this band is not this band without these people. And I do write the songs and I bring them to the band, but the the band makes them come alive. And so that feels like I'm talking about myself a lot, but I think that it's important to emphasize that it's also not just about me, you know, but so it feels like I'm talking about myself a bunch. 
No worries. No worries. It's sometimes I'm diving into your experiences and how it relates to everything. So I understand. And a band is definitely a collective and a band cannot survive unless all of the members are willing to contribute. Absolutely. It's very important to have those members. Mm hmm. Okay, so speaking about how Bad Buddy is a group, what does the group possibly have going on in the future? Well, the group is frustrated <laughs> because <laughs> we were supposed to go on uh, a big album release tour and do the whole thing, and obviously that's out because we don't want to die. But we've been focusing our energies into, we've created some music videos, so I'm currently editing a music video for our song, Fine Honeys. Ooh, good song. Thank you. We're going to release that one. Hopefully, we're kind of shooting for November 1st, uh, which is right around the corner here. And we'll see what's going on. We're trying to get it in before Christmas and just see how that goes. But we did just release the Hunter's music video, like, it feels like two weeks ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that's definitely on the horizon. And... We've uh, we've got some ideas for just making music videos for the songs because if we can't perform, like we can try to like bring some sort of visual entertainment element into people's lives still, and uh, hopefully people will be like enjoying it. That'd be sweet. For sure, I think they definitely will, and I know that they've a lot of people have been enjoying this self-titled album so far as well. I'm so glad. It's honestly, we're so proud. We're so, so proud of it. I think with the exception of Alex, who has, you know, a long solo career and has released many, many albums, for Andy and Jeffrey and I, this is like, we're like, this is, every time we do something, like make a piece of merch, like when we had the tapes or when we first uh, did our first round of silk screening our shirts, we just kept looking at each other and being like, this is the realest shit. This is so real. Like, this is a real band. And that's like we're just telling each other it all the time. Like, we know, but, like, I've never gotten to a place where I'm making merch or making an album or printing an album. We're going through that whole long process. Like, how do you get your music on Spotify? I don't know. So it's just been, uh, it's been really exciting to do it. And we make the music because we like it and we think it's, it's really fun to do. And it's amazing to us that other people like it, too, because it gives us, you know, drive to move forward and make some more. Absolutely, and create in different ways, like you said, videos, and maybe even video games, like the Bad Buddy video game that you have <laughs> on your guys' website. What inspired that? I was driving Jeff to his house after a rehearsal a long time ago, and he just off, you know, the cuff was like, wouldn't it be so cool if Bad Buddy had a video game? Like, don't you think we're super suited for that? And I was like, that would be cool. And I went home and I was like, I wonder how hard it is to make a video game. And with like one Google search, I determined that. I was like, no, I can't, it's not that hard. It'll be super easy. <laughs> and so I sat down and I animated all the little people. And uh, I was like, this is basically done. And then I realized that it actually was much more challenging than I originally thought. And... Uh, but I, I like to, you know, finish the job. So I sat down and was like, I got to, I painted all the background. Like I wanted the background, if you are not from Edmonton, is the Edmonton skyline. And it's like a very noticeable Edmonton scene. And all the 
things that you jump on are a truss that you would see at a at a show the, for the lighting and the sound and you know you're fighting essentially the patriarchy which is just like white dudes in suits and <laughs> it was uh it was much more involved than I imagined because of the writing the code part of it was it was a big deal and it was really tough but uh, it was basically a lot of hours spent Google searching. That was like the whole <laughs> way that it got done. But really it was just Jeffrey just thinking, wouldn't that be cute? And I was like, yeah, it would. And I think that's like a huge part of like how this band moves forward. It's almost every idea we have is somebody says, wouldn't this be fun if we did this? And then everyone's like, yes, it would be. And then we just do it. There's like no, like we've never really said no to each other. It was just like, I want to do this. And everyone was like, well, then let's do it. <laughs> what more do you want? We'll do it. <laughs> well, if it's possible, yeah, one of us can learn how to code. Why not? Why not? Exactly. It's great because maybe it's a, you know, potential career path for me now that uh, shows are out of the question. <laughs> well, hopefully they will come back one day soon. But I mean, yes, it could be something to help tie things over for sure. I mean, I think I've got a long way before somebody's going to pay me to do that, but... <laughs> hey, a girl can dream. Hey, you got your foot in the door so far, so that that's progress. That's a step there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so normally when I have a guest, I ask them how the releasing of their music has helped them grow, maybe helped them realize things about themselves. And I definitely want to know how transitioning into Bad Buddy has helped you grow and helped you maybe realize things about yourself. But like you said, this is also a band. So I also mm -hmm. want to know, what ways have you noticed that Bad Buddy has also allowed your bandmates to shine through? Oh, man, I noticed in so many ways, in all of us. It really, <laughs> it's kind of like we developed this concept, which sounds like a lot more thought out, but this, this concept has developed naturally over the course of the band's lifetime. And we, we write a lot about things that really mean thing, stuff to us. Like it's a lot about, I mean, it's a very feminist band, lyrically speaking. And when we, like we, we really, we wear what we want to wear. We act how we want to act. It, and having this, like we wear these makeup masks when we're on stage so having this, the makeup mask, it was kind of like Clark Kent versus Superman, you know? All of us kind of got to embody this larger-than-life version of ourselves, and it, it gave us confidence. Because you're, you're yourself, but you're like, you know, 2.0. You're just, uh, you know, Emily Plus or Andy Plus. And I think over time, that line between Clark Kent and Superman for all of us kind of eroded and we really do embody the people like we were very comfortably ourselves on stage and comfortably that confident off of stage much more often. Like it just feels like life changing. I know that sounds maybe a little bit dramatic, but truly I think that we've all stepped up to the plate and decided that we don't really need to step back down. Like this is like, it's a good place to be feeling confident and, powerful and just uh, sure of ourselves in a way that I think four years ago we probably weren't. I know I definitely wasn't. And uh, giving ourselves uh, room to realize that like we can continue to get better. Like we're not stopping. We're just like, let's, let's 
keep practicing our instruments. Let's keep writing more and more challenging songs and, and see what we're capable of because I think we've all realized that we're capable of a hell of a lot more than we gave ourselves credit for. Wow. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for joining me here today to tell us about Bad Buddy, Bad Buddy's self-titled debut full-length album, and some of the songs on the album as well, and of course, about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been like, it's been delightful. Ooh, delightful. That's a good descriptive word. I hope, I hope that you, the ambush, has also been delighted with this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I hope you also enjoyed the tracks that we played for you from Bad Buddy. Those were Hunters. And in the middle of the show, we played simultaneously. And you can find both those tracks as well as Bad Buddy's entire self-titled debut album on, yes, your favorite music streaming service. When you're there, go ahead and hit follow. You heard Emily, Bad Buddy's got more music coming for you on the way. You want it in your ears, in your hands, A-S-A-P. Now, now it's time for our final Roaring DTP thank yous. And the first one of those goes out to Emily of Bad Buddy for joining us here on today's episode of the DTP. And the person I have to go ahead and thank for setting this conversation up, you know who it is, it's the man Eric Alpo. We got Mad Lafo EA. But last, last but not least, the final roaring DTP thank you goes out to you, the ambush, for tuning into this episode, for continuing to turn into Desert Tiger Podcast, for supporting the show, and you know I've got mad love for you for doing so. If you have yet to join up with the ambush, it is so easy. It is as easy as hitting subscribe on the podcast listening service that you are using right now now and you can also help the show grow by giving us a big oh five star review or the equivalent on that service you can also share this episode of the show with your friends your family on your social media go ahead and tag desert tiger podcast me the colton g or most importantly bad buddy when you do so and you can also help the show out by heading on down to DesertTigerMerch.com and getting yourself to represent the show everywhere that you go. Ah, yeah. This Friday on the Desert Tiger Podcast, we're joined by Murray Atkinson. Murray is a guitarist for the odds. He is the touring guitarist for Stephen Page. And he is one hella creative and eclectic individual as well as he has released a few eps this year one guitar rock album named mubla tubed a ambient orchestral album named ethereum divine like we're diving into he even does video game music yeah yeah like there's so much we're gonna be diving into this on this friday's episode with murray atkinson and i can't wait for you the ambush to join me then But until then, 
I think you guys know what it is. I want you. That's right, you. To go out and find your oasis. To find your mountaintop. To find the thing that makes your heart sing and scream at its fullest capacity. At its fullest glory. Find that thing. Craft that thing. Grow with that thing and when your roar is finally ready let it out across that waterfront let it out across that canyon and show the world just how powerful your roar is just how beautiful you can be and sometimes we don't hear that enough and i'ma tell it to you again and you best believe me because you are beautiful and until next week, bye-bye, you real fine honeys. <laughs>